You're listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. This is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. This week's podcast is brought to you by Foot Solutions, with Limerick Podiatry Centre on 2 O'Connell Street, Limerick, open every Saturday. And I'm joined by our journalist, Bernie English. Bernie, how are you getting on? Good, Keen. Nice and warm today. It is very warm. I think our summer has arrived at last. Yeah. Uh, you were away last week, Bernie. Lovely break, I hope. I had indeed mm. a very nice break in France. Lovely. Um, kind of glad not to be there this week. Yeah, you get to enjoy the weather here, you know. So, uh, Bernie, looking at the front page of this week's paper, there's uh, complaints have doubled in... More than doubled, yeah. More than in, doubled. Um, University Hospital Limerick. Indeed, yeah. They were... In 2015, there were 281 complaints recorded. And this rose to 600 last year. Uh, which is, you know, quite, quite, quite a rise. Staggering. Yeah. And Deputy Morris Quinlevin, Sinn Féin Deputy for, for Limerick, has called up these figures in the doll. And he's saying that this is an indication of the state of play at the hospital. So um, the hospital are trying to put... Well, we should also say that in those figures, there were 2,200 compliments. So, you know, I think the staff of the hospital are very respected for the work that they do, yeah. sometimes in very difficult conditions. Yeah. Well, oftentimes it has been that the, the staff do go above and beyond to take care of the patients and oh, service users. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it, no doubt whatsoever. Um, the hospital itself is saying that you have to put this into the context of the number of patients they treated. Plus, they say that they have actually, in the last number of years, actively encouraged people to have their say. Yeah. And they've sent all of these forms to people who've spent anything more than a night in hospital. So they say this is a result of that exercise. And they, in, the spokesperson said, well, look, we welcome complaints yeah. because you learn from complaints. And to put it into context and to be fair, they say that in 2017, there were 405 complaints. Um, and in that year, there were 150,000 outpatient attendances, 68,000 emergency attendances, uh, 30,000 inpatient discharges, and 37,000 day case patients. So I guess you have to put the number of complaints in that context. Yeah. And it does, it, does seem, it does seem small when you look at how many people are actually handled at the hospital. It and might the be more looking at the, the number of responses as well, because if this is a, an exercise where they want more people to respond, it'd be nice to know how many people actually responded yeah, in 2015. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there is, <laughs> there is something to be said that people are more, in, more inclined to actually complain yeah. And just and to say what was good about something, so. And, and was there any response after Deputy Quinlevin raised this in the doll? No, these no. are figures he just got at question time. Okay. Um, he's he says that it, it really it really does highlight the need for the hospital to get more more resources and more funding, um, and he said that the lack of response from the Minister of Health to the myriad of pro- pro- of problems in UHL is quote unquote shameful. And in another story, Bernie, we see uh, some regional airports receiving funding where uh, Shannon was left out. Yep, they sure were. Um, a total of a total of fourteen million in government grants were announced for regional airports around the country, and Shannon was not one of them. There wasn't a mention, not a cent, not a penny. So Helen Downs, who is of course um, president of the Chamber of Commerce, and Shannon said, "This is this is this is Shannon being left out of the equation altogether," uh, and. You know, Waterford Airport, and I know you're a blah man, but <laughs> Waterford Airport got a grant of five million towards the building of a new 12 million runway, which seems absolutely absurd, seeing as they don't have one single commercial flight down there. Um, and she's pointing this out and saying, look, Shannon is and can, is the gateway to the west of Ireland. It's the gateway to all the industry down mm-hmm. here. And they're struggling to meet their 
you know, health and safety issues. They have to spend 14 million out of their own budget. That could have been spent on getting new routes yeah. and bringing more business into the region. But of course, we don't have we don't have an air policy. We don't have you know if you want to if you're an airline and you want to start flying into Britain and you want to Heathrow's obviously your your main target, but you'll only get be allowed flying into Heathrow if you also bring flights into other less busy airports. We don't have any such policy here. So really, Shannon is quite set adrift, and it's it's done remarkable things. And considering the connectivity that Shannon has to the rest yes, of Ireland, you yeah. know the, the motorway systems are decent. They from are. Limerick they to are. other cities. I know they're looking at improving the one to Cork or, or building it anyway. And they've, you know, they've been they've been proactive since they separated from the Dublin Airport Authority. They've 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 worked their backsides off to yeah. try and get routes in here and to try and get peop- airlines to set up. Now we're losing Norwegian. They're not going to continue their their summer flights. So that's a blow. Um, and really, I think Helen Downs has a point. You know, if you can find five million for an airport with not one single commercial flight into it. Why on earth shouldn't Shannon get support? And it's allowed to under EU regulations. It has less than 3 million passengers. So it's allowed to receive government support. That's uh, that's not considered um, anti-competition. So this might be a story then worth keeping an eye on to see if there are things changed in the future or... Yeah, um, I think you know. I think there's probably there's probably a good case to be made for people in business in this region setting up a, a Shannon Airport support group, mm-hmm. um, something that would actually have a little bit of official clout and bite. Uh, but sure, yeah, we'll keep keep our eyes peeled on this one. And is Helen Downs pushing for the government to take action on a transport bill? She's not calling for that. No, not specifically. She's, but it is it is one it is one area that has been highlighted before, and it it does at least Shannon and Cork quite adrift. Um, Shannon particularly. No problem. Bernie, thanks very much. And You're all welcome, Keen. stories are in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.ie. Thanks, Keen. Joining me in studio now is Head of News, Jerry Collison. Jerry, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Some lovely weather we have outside. Uh, there's this strange orb in the sky. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, the yellow thing? That yellow thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? No, this would be right good, let's say, for Sunday when we have... Big match. Yeah. Big yeah, matches yeah. on. <laughs> Hopefully now they'll be able to keep it nice and hot for the tip fellas ah, on yeah. Sunday. But um, yeah, part of that is that they have um, this uh, big initiative in the uh, in the uh, Gaelic grounds in the vicinity. So whichever way it's going to work, the Limerick supporters will be cleaning up anyway on Sunday because uh, what they've done is in conjunction with the um, the Limerick um, keep Limerick. The team Limerick Cleanup, TLC, um, they've had this joint initiative with the Limerick GA and the County Council where they will have a litter management program in the vicinity of the stadium at the weekend. So they'll be keeping uh, the place nice and tidy. That's the idea. And uh, they'll have additional volunteers and bins and the whole lot. It'll be there, so hopefully um, they'll clean up more, more ways than one on Sunday. That, that's a nice initiative by uh, Limerick City Tidy Towns. Uh, might see something like that spread across the, the rest of the country, I'd imagine. Yeah, it'd be no harm. Although I'll tell you now that that generally speaking, you know, you 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 have um, people attending the big matches, you know, whether it's Toman Park or it's the Gaelic Ground or whatever. You know, you'll very rarely see, you know, any huge damage or anything yeah. like that. You know, generally they're fairly respectful of the communities and the neighbourhoods to pass through. So. You know, but it is a great initiative, yeah. And uh, talking about passing through neighbourhoods and communities there, uh, there's a guard clampdown on drivers using mobile phones over the last weekend. 
Yeah, this is this is a yarn by by David Rally. So uh, basically, it's prompted by a bit of a blitz that the guards had out in Adair last Thursday, where they caught uh, thirteen motorists uh, with on-the-spot fines. Now, you know that doesn't sound too unusual in and of itself, but the fact is that most of these motorists were either texting on their mobile phones or else taking videos, and um, well, the guards were smart enough actually that they had uh, one of these. Uh, bicycle uh, patrols that came up so you can imagine the shock of some of the boys that were taking <laughs> the videos and the next thing is there's a knock on the window so yeah it's 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 a it's it's a fairly widespread phenomena that's going on and the guards are fairly alert to it so they're just saying look take the temptation away and put your phone away yeah, and they, they gave a, a kind of a list of some of the excuses they hear and only checking the time or just watching a clip yeah or looking at the maps would be another <laughs> one you know and one fella then would be fairly fairly needed to check an email god <laughs> driving the car yeah. you know pull over you or put the phone away exactly. yeah 60 quid and three penalty points so but uh, it'll keep the community a bit safer maybe hmm. uh, over to the epa uh, people saying they should use higher courts to prosecute polluters. Yeah, that's Willie O'Dea in the Dáil last week where he uh, took on the Environment Minister, Richard Bruton. Now, this had have a particular relevance, let's say, to what's going on with Irish cement at the moment. So they've made an application um, for a licence to actually burn waste at their... At their um, factory in in Mungret. and uh, in order to do that the environmental protection agency has to give a go ahead to this license but uh, there's been a lot of a lot of um, complaints and concern and questions being asked of the suitability of the environmental protection awareness agency to actually uh, implement this so basically what Willie O'Dea was saying was that you know they're deliberately um, prosecuting um, polluters and persistent polluters uh, in the lower courts uh, where obviously the um, the sentences and the um, the uh, fines would be would be a lot lower so uh, Willie's more or less looking for them to bring it to a higher court where there would also be higher sanctions um, and he's he's also uh, very concerned about the fact that the EPA is immune from all uh, legal cases. So that means that even if they were found to have, you know, made a mistake in the granting of a license or granted it, you know, where it shouldn't have been granted, um, that that's it. There's no consequences. There's no legal consequences. So this is a fairly big area of concern for him and I'm sure for a lot of people in the in the general area. And then uh, over to Limerick City and County Council, they've launched a, a new programme that has the potential to kickstart inactive planning permissions to deliver up to a thousand new homes. Yeah, you know, this this is one of these um, one of these ideas that seems so simple that you'd wonder why it wasn't thought of before. So it's based on the fact it, it's called the Turnkey Programme. And it's based on the fact that there would be a lot of smaller developers, smaller builders who would have had property would have had sites and would have had planning permission for those sites but when the recession struck that they just didn't have the financial backing to be able to to complete the developments so all in all they reckon that there's uh, about uh, 
three and a half thousand units that have planning permissions that haven't actually been been built uh, in fact to say that just over 10 percent 11 percent actually of those have been developed um, but some of these planning permissions are going back over 10 years sort of hit on the idea that if they can actually facilitate these developments join in with the with the with the, with the smaller developers that they would be in a position to be able to make a fairly significant uh, impression on the housing list and also maybe just to improve the the housing stock around the city and county. And would they have a time frame on when they'd like to see some of these houses come about? Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. They're looking to get them uh, fast-tracked. Uh, and basically what they're saying is that that they're, that this is just one of a series of, um, of developments that they have in line. Now, they've set up a sort of a, cert, uh, a, a special phone line and the whole lot where these um, developers and smaller builders can actually get in contact with them. Um, they've said that, you know, it, they're, they're saying over the coming years. So there wouldn't be a specific timeline set for it. I, I guess it would probably depend a lot on, you know, the availability of builders and how quickly to be able to move on these uh, on these development sites and, you know, whether there might need to be variations in planning. So each would be sort of um, unique in its own way. Jerry, thanks very much for joining us and uh, go off now and enjoy the lovely evening for yourself in this weather. I have every intention of doing that. Thank you. This week's podcast is brought to you by Foot Solutions with the Limerick Podiatry Centre on 2 O'Connell Street, Limerick, open every Saturday. Do you think they'll take me in and check my feet? They could do, Have Megan. you seen these? Look yeah. at those. I don't want to look at them. I That's just had my lunch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's just from all the tag rugby and football boots and everything. They're yeah. in a pretty damaged way and also from people standing on me on dance floors and things like that and high heels and all the unpleasantries that go with wearing ridiculous shoes that cause a lot of pain well you've been fairly active lately as well uh, megan this week a busy week again we were at the fai exhibition in ul arena yes so the national football exhibition is in the ul sports arena until the 30th of june so it's still open and um, they're doing this really cool thing which in every it's obviously going all around the country but in every city they stop in they're giving back to the locality by donating um 50 fai school bags yeah and loads of uefa goodies and sticker books and everything and um their chosen charity in limerick was the limerick gateway to education and i got to chat to suzanne um from the charity and she was saying that um basically they have a shop there on wickham street and they sell school supplies off at a fraction of the cost because you know it's such an expensive thing for 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 people it's a couple of thousand and out to think to get get kids through school between everything and also they run programs like um after school um study they do a buddy group and they do loads of really great things for um people in education and all ages it's not just children so um, if you'd like to pick up a very limited edition, very cool green school bag, head to Limerick Gateway to Education on Wickham Street there. And, uh, you know, buying those bags is giving back then to the community as well. And what did you make of the exhibition? So cool. Um, so I don't know if I've told you this. I think you might have already guessed, though, from um, from the, the, the exhibition and, and the way I was with certain jerseys. Um, uh, Shea Givens' jersey is there. And I was a massive fan of Shea Givens as a little girl. I fancied him so much. He's one of the first guys I remember fancying, even though I was really young. And then I also, um, Cristiano Ronaldo's jersey was there. And mm. my I'm a fan of him as well now. So I just thought it was so cool. And I took part in a quiz and I got 17 out of 20. On your second try. On my second try. <laughs> <laughs> which we weren't going to say but anyways I got 17 out of 20 if anyone asks so it's really cool but I'll give you a tip if you go into there make sure to actually examine all of the archives and the memories and Pay the gear attention. and everything yes and yeah. then leave the quiz until the end don't get excited like me and run straight down to do the quiz because all the answers are there in the, in the <laughs> exhibition 
And uh, you know, you got a nice photo at the end as well. Oh, so, yes, I'm, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, FAI actually retweeted and all, so I think um, I, I'm, I'm only surprised now if they get me to yeah, go to all the games. I know you were looking to be signed as a midfielder for Spurs a while ago. So, oh, look, yeah. I could, what could have been? But I decided to stay here in Limerick <laughs> instead. And then uh, the next day we had a very early start. Yes, so um, I didn't realise that breakfast events are very popular, not just in Limerick, but all over the country and actually the world. So we were in um, the Castletroy Park Hotel at 7.15am on the dot. In fact, I got us there a few minutes earlier. We both went together and um, we got to sit down and have a lovely breakfast. But it was the Limerick Chamber Business Awards launch and it was basically to tell us about all the different categories and the awards that take place. And last year's winner was there to tell us how great it was. And it was a really good networking event. But yes, as I said, very early start I have to say by the time work finished yesterday I was lying on my sofa kind of trying to stay awake <laughs> trying to fight the sleep but I have to say yeah it was a really interesting day and I said all those videos were up online now as well and then uh, you also spoke to John Kyo about the match big match this weekend sure yeah it's a, it's a bit of a big match all right now if, if you're into hurling it's yeah big, isn't it, if you're yeah. into that old that old game um, it's or the if Munster, you're from Limerick exactly yeah. it is the Munster hurling final weekend the um, Limerick Miners take on the Clare Miners at 11.30am on Sunday morning in the LIT Gaelic grounds and then of course the big one is a senior hurling final between Limerick and Tipperary and that is throw in at 2pm so I'm very excited for that and yes John Kyo Sporting Limerick yeah. was here to go through a bit of a preview he chatted to uh, manager John Kiley yesterday and we just chatted about their chances against Tipperary and I think it's going to be a cracking game of hurling but a bit of advice if you are going to watch the game I'd say get some bottles of water when you're there and get the sun cream on because oh my those temperatures are soaring you going yourself I am I secured mm. my tickets last week and um, heard about all these crazy queues and I strolled into the shop at about 20 past nine and I walked straight up to the till and got myself two tickets to head along and there's a gang of us girls and we're making a proper day of it now so we are lovely fair play Megan thanks very much for joining me on the show thank you very much and as I said a limerick post.e forward slash show for all the shows and of course this Friday we'll have the show full show special which mm. will be airing um, around Friday afternoon time every Friday Every single Friday. That's the one. Megan, thanks very much and enjoy the game on the weekend. This week's podcast is brought to you by Foot Solutions with the Limerick Podiatry Centre on 2 O'Connell Street, Limerick, open every Saturday. Joining me in studio now is John Keo from Sporting Limerick, bringing us all our sports news. John, how are you? My all second good. time asking you. Second time asking <laughs> me. All good, Keo. Now, how are things with you? Nah, not too bad. Just out enjoying the, the weather, a bit of golf here and there, you know yourself. I do. Yeah. I don't have the time, Keo. I'm no. too busy. You know, you're you're one of those, are you? Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> be playing more but I, I'm just it's that the twilight's all about you know? that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, big one of the biggest games of the season coming up this weekend in the hurling so yeah. far so far yeah and that's that's well, well either way Limerick are still in the championship yeah. even if they do lose their third game which will be their third game or third defeat of the season if they don't beat Tip look it's it's a massive game um, it's a monster final like you'd rather be there than not be there like there was a lot of disappointment around Limerick last year when they lost their last round robin game to Clare, um, it ended up working out that it put Limerick on a pathway to to winning the All Ireland. But it's the shortest route to the All Ireland final if you win a Munster final. So, and even though all this talk of getting rid of the provincial championships, that all to me seems purely for football reasons. I, I don't, don't see the need to get rid of the provincial championships in Ireland. Hurling, yeah. You, you look at Len Leinster's going you, You're year. seeing Leinster with Wexford yeah. and Kilkenny. It, it's an, another epic game, the fourth time they've met within the league, the pre-season competition in Leinster. But even looking at the football, the Dub Dublin have only won nine in a row. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, we, 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 we won't get on to the... <laughs> 
to the extremities of what's yeah. happening in Leinster football and football in general now. But you know, we it's look, it's it's Limerick Tipperary. It's a huge rivalry anyway. I think it's been ramped up this season because of Tipperary's improvement and the fact that they beat Limerick the last day. And last but year they had a short season. Last year Tipperary had an extremely yeah. short season. But the biggest thing here, look, and it's it's on in Limerick. It's on the LIT Gaelic grounds. You're gonna have a full house. I, I see Tipperary are sending back terrorist tickets from the the Clare end, which will be snapped up by Limerick people. Yeah. There's no question. There's a clamour for tickets. Usually with these things, a few open up as the week goes on. But you know the weather could be fairly decent. It's looking okay. A few showers here and there, but it'll be warm. You saw the last game in Limerick that Limerick fans were out in numbers for the Clare game six years ago. Limerick beat Cork in the Munster final. Lorraine's in the Munster minor final the same day against Waterford. Packed house with 30 degree heat. Limerick won. We all saw and remember the celebrations after that. And that's what, look, this is what sport's about. It's, yeah. it's about being in finals. Look, you can go back door, side door, every which way door. Sport is about enjoyment, of course. But a sport at this level is about winning, you know, and that's what Limerick are out to do. There isn't too many of that panel and from 2013 left on this panel six years later. Like so Shane Dowling, Declan Hannon, Tom Condon, I think, are the only ones, and Nicky Quaid, the only ones that are still, from my recollection, anyway, that, that, that have monster medals. John Kiley pointed out to us last night. You know, they, this is a group of lads that are, are hungry to win things and they want to win medals. Seen the way they performed in the league as well, kind of shows you how much they want to win everything they can, you know. Yeah, I think in inter-county now you're seeing more and more as things have become in the last six, seven years especially, the dedication has stepped up again another few levels, not one level. So I think everyone realises that the inter-county career of 10, 12 years players is going to be a thing of the past. It's going to be a six, seven year career. So I'd certainly imagine this group of players and management want to win as much as they can mm-hmm. in that period. And now every team is going to do that. But this Limerick group of players see opportunities here to, we're pretty much one of the best teams around. They showed that last year. Yeah. Winning the All-Ireland, they've showed it in the league this year. Bar a couple of abject performances against Tipperary and Cork in the championship this year. They blew both Waterford and Clare away. If that Limerick turns up on Sunday, as good as Tipperary are, I don't see... I don't see anyone being realistic beating Limerick and this isn't big in Limerick up or anything like that. I don't see anyone beating Limerick anywhere in the country if they're on top form. Yeah. Limerick are on top form with what with, with what they have on the bench and players they can call on and the ability of the starting 15. I don't see anything beating them if Limerick hit top form. They blitzed the Clare team, a very talented Clare team that O'Clare a bit off. It was the best performance I've ever seen any Limerick team give in and I mean that. That was to me as good as it gets so if you can replicate that you're on a winner straight away I believe and it but as John Kiley said last night he expects both teams to go up a couple of notches you know you've Tipperary they're missing a huge player in Bonner Maher he does so so much work and he's clinical as well if you give him a chance outside of all his work he'll score he's a very good record of getting goals against Limerick over the years as well he's a huge loss Dan McCormack or Niall O'Mara will probably come in for him. They offer a lot of things that don't have what Bonner and yeah. has. You have at the other end, Cahill Barrett injured for in the, in the full back line. He did okay in Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn early on in the last game gave him a bit of a run around. Cahill Barrett is a big loss to that, that full back line as well. So you look, you, you've matchups all over the place. You'd imagine a few players will come back into the Limerick team. Declan Hannon 
was injured last day with a groin strain, so he wasn't available for selection. So effectively, it was only Garrod, Higarty, Keane Lynch, and Graham Mulcahy that usually started, didn't start against Tipperary. John Kiley also dispelled the notion that Limerick were playing games and not trying to win that game. I certainly have never subscribed to any Limerick team under John Kiley or any team anyway involved in any sport going out deliberately to lose games it just doesn't happen it's like we said they, they want to win everything they uh, want to win every game they want to win yeah. every trophy competition they're involved in they get fairly annoyed if they don't yeah. if they don't perform but you can even see it against uh, we'll say Watford and Clare they, mm. they never took their foot off the pedal no and that's it Like, yeah. and then you do have the thing like again I'm harping back to what John Kiley was saying in a press conference yesterday he's even saying there should have been, he, he, he's starting to think he should have done more rotation yeah for that game because three games in a row and the intensity that as you mentioned Limerick put into them Clare and Waterford victors they didn't take the foot off they went hell for leather for 75 minutes in both games that does take it out of you especially yeah. if you're going three weeks in a row there has to be some kind of drop off the Cork game at the start here was a completely different thing Limerick were flat going into the game first game of the championship it can happen Tipperary game things Limerick didn't play well yeah you know, you, you can't tell me that the likes of Shane Dowling starting the game. You can't tell me that Shane Dowling isn't a, isn't a starter in Intercounty. He's one of the best Intercounty hurlers around. He just seems to be making an impact off the bench for Limerick. Mm. Didn't go his way. Didn't go a lot of players' way against Tipperary and Turles the last day. For whatever reason, it was just a flat performance. So you think they'll win it this weekend, John? I, I, I think if Limerick, that, that, that's what I say. I think if Limerick played to their very best, as good as Tipperary are, and I expect it to be a very tight game. But I just think if Limerick plays their best, they're... Unstoppable. They are un- yeah. unstoppable. I, I genuinely... You look back at the All-Ireland final, as great as it was to win by a point or two... point in the end, I think it was. Two points, I can't even remember. It's all a blur. But Limerick battered Galway. and just didn't take their chance. They let Galway back into it. That yeah. was a Galway team that had done brilliantly the year before to win the All-Ireland, beat Waterford in a very competitive final... You, you know, it's... I just think looking at these lads and seeing these lads the whole way up, they're just so confident in their own ability and there's all, they have more steps to take in a positive fashion going forward. They're going to improve. They're young enough to improve. That's scary if you look at it from another, <laughs> part, from another point of everyone else. Especially because, from our age as well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. You, you know, and you're looking at all the other teams around. Okay, put two bad performances not only are people talking about Limerick and Tip in this Munster final pretty much a lot of pundits are seeing this as the All-Ireland final as well this year so I mean that's that's I think at the moment how far Limerick and Tipperary are from everyone else you you still have Dublin you still have Wexford and you still have Kilkenny obviously yeah. you can't tell me that this is a Kilkenny team that's not, not within a relation no. of what they've had in the past no Wexford have been very good in the championship under Davy Fitz. Dublin are improving. But Dublin are improving and did brilliantly against improving Galway. Improving is the key word. They are improving and Matty Kenny is doing a very good job there straight away. And Dublin may cause a shock in this championship yet. You know, they're coming in under the radar and Leinster just got in by the skin of their teeth. But not being biased towards Munster Hurling, Munster Hurling is at a better place, at a better intensity. Of course, yeah. Than where Leinster is at the moment. Yeah. That's just the facts. You yeah. know, you look at Tipperary, look supreme at the moment. And it wouldn't, on the flip side of me saying Limerick, if Tipperary come and put in a huge performance, I'm not saying they're not going to win because they have options and weapons up front that I'm, I'm not sure even Limerick have. You know, you, you've got the likes of Noel McGrath, John McGrath, Shamie Kellen, 
Bubbles of the Wire on his day is unstoppable. You know, they're, they have threats everywhere. Their half-back line dominated Limerick the last day with the three matters. That's where Limerick really need to take the challenge to Tipperary, I think. You saw a lot, pop, pop, or Parik Maher at centre-back did a lot of damage. Scored a couple of points from centre-back in the last game. On, off Kyle Hayes, but Kyle Hayes, every time Kyle Hayes got on the ball, he was fouled. So, if I, I, Kieran Carey says it in the paper this week, he'd be looking for a big performance from Kyle Hayes. Yeah. He did it in patches the last game. But any time Kyle Hayes cut the ball off ahead of Park Maher and took him on, he was fouled. That's where Limerick have to target. You, you, you always say it in any sport, yeah, you look for weaknesses, but sometimes you have to target someone's strengths yeah. and, and knock that wall, we'll say. And if Limerick can do that consistently, because that's where the game, the, the game is won in both half-back lines. Okay, the finishers are inside in the full forward lines. But if you can't win primary possession or pick up secondary possession from your wing forwards or full, your half forward line you're not going to get much Limerick didn't against Tipperary so the ball coming into the forwards the full forward line wasn't great you know it put more pressure on their back line so look there's so many permutations there's so many so many things you could possibly say about the game also Limerick Miners are in Munster final action same day and at a very 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 early early time at half 11 that's to do with the Leinster final being on at 4 and that's the way the timings have worked with the the Munster senior final being on at 2 You've an unbeaten Limerick minor team going into this game. They drew their first two games against Cork. and We'd expect to have a, a decent crowd at that as well. You, you'd hope. Yeah. You'd hope the pubs won't be open yet, so maybe. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> we both know that's not going to be the case. You'd hope there would be a big crowd because this is a very, very interesting team. You know, they, they've grown from their first, drawn their first two games against um, Cork and Waterford. They beat Clare and then they did a resounding victory over Tipperary. Dermot Mullins... Um, from Mungridge St Paul's GA club initially from Port Leash a teacher out in Crescent is over the team um, you know you have Cahill O'Neill from Krakora uh, Krakora Manister GA club um, he's the star player he was a star player last season look Cahill's a serious prospect but they've added this year the likes of Aidan O'Connor in the full forward line from Valley Brown Adam English from Dune you know Michael Keane full back he's kept from there captaining the team they're a very very fluid team they play lovely, a lovely brand of hurling you know, they deserve a bit of support on Sunday. The fact that it's on that bit early is, is tricky. But hopefully they will get the support and hopefully they can start the day off well. Hopefully. And then uh, stay, stay with the ball and stick. The mm. Camogie. Yeah, Limerick's De- Declan Nash's uh, Limerick Camogie team are out in their second championship game of the season. Did a four-point victory over Offaly last time out in their first game to Gaelic Grounds. Um, yeah, they're taking on a, a Wexford team that have got hammered by Kilkenny in their last game um, Wexford look Limerick will be expected to beat Wexford they'll certainly go out with the with the hope not, not even the hope expecting to win and they yeah. expect to win anyway um, they need to win the, their last two games are against Galway and Kilkenny the two teams that have beaten Limerick in the league this year Kilkenny a very very tight victory at the Gaelic grounds um, Galway had a very comprehensive victory over Limerick in the league semi-final where Limerick really didn't show up. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a huge game um, for, for them. To ha- as I said, they have to win, you know, to have any hope of reaching an All-Ireland semi-final. Then if they, put up, if they beat Wexford, it's about beating Galway or Kilkenny. They have to. It's that, it is that simple, you know, they have to take a scalp to have any hope of get, getting to an All-Ireland uh, semi-final. The worry, in a sense, 
so far, like, okay, they beat Offaly, Offaly, Wexford and Limerick. Offaly and Limerick looked at a similar level from yeah. being at the game. Yeah. Um, they'll expect to beat Wexford. Wexford, Camogie has had a nightmare year. They've, I think, think was it they, they failed to fulfill a, a fixture in the league. It just hasn't gone well. And they've already got trounced in their opening game of the competition. So you have you have a case now where, okay, we'll, we'll get Wexford, then we've Kilkenny and Galway. Look, for progression, they need to make an honour in the semi-final. They've been at senior level now for three or four years. They've incrementally improved. It's about bringing that on a bit, bit more, as Declan Nash says. That's one thing that does stand out, though, is the improvements over the last few years. Yeah, oh, the, the work being put in by Declan Nash and other people involved with the Limerick Community team has been phenomenal. You know, initially as a strength and conditioning coach with the team, he's now moved on to being manager last season and this season. Limerick underperformed last year. I think that's a general consensus thing. They, they've certainly, with, with, with their performances in the league, getting to a league semi-final was a big thing. Okay, they lost to Galway in that semi-final um, fairly, fairly comprehensively, as I've mentioned, but it's incremental progress. Yeah. As he says this week in, in his piece with us in the paper, um, he feels that if Limerick put in a performance against anyone, a performance, a high-level performance, they're capable of beating anyone. We'll just have to wait and see, but it starts with Wexford in Croke on Saturday at 5pm and that's preceded the junior team are playing um, at 3 o'clock before that so if you can try and get out to both games on Saturday yeah, show a bit of support there uh, over to the Super Blues John some bad news yeah huge blow for the Super Blues Limerick FC um, confirmed um, by, Ellis. Adrian, by, by Adrian Finnan um, exclusive with Adrian Finnan on Monday that Conor Ellis has left Limerick FC Um he scored six league goals this season. He's been a constant threat for the team. Um, We've sung his praises every week. Every week we have because he's put yeah. in serious performances yeah. every week. Um, huge loss. You, you'd wonder now, is this the beginning of what we've talked about yeah. with players leaving? And they haven't been paid. There's, there's yeah. more issues with wages. We've all heard rumours, this, that and the other. I'm not going to talk about rumours. Everyone knows what's yeah. going on in the club. But, but on the field, again, we always... <laughs> Go with two ways on the field and off the field. On the field, he's a huge loss. It leaves Limerick with two recognised strikers in their squad in Kieran mm. Hanlon and young Adam Foley. Kieran Hanlon's been very good when fit this season. Adam Foley has got fleeting, fleeting action and fleeting appearances. Looks dangerous, looks a decent player, has scored this season, but Conor Ellis is a huge loss. And Tommy Varrett says that in his piece with Adrian Finn that can be seen on sportinglimerick.com. It's, it's just a huge, huge loss ahead of Friday's game of shots. Yeah. And then um, with Conor Ellis he's obviously going to get snapped up somewhere else yeah you'd imagine so judging by this year's performance yeah he, he will it, it'll be interesting he, he did carry injuries last year and yeah. was severely criticised very harshly in my eyes at times throughout last season when he was like plowing <laughs> lonely furrow up front on his own with yeah. no service worked his backside off through, through that injury but has looked sharp this season has scored goals this season he's been in the right place at the right time you know it's a huge hole to fill like Limerick are hoping for playoffs, but the end game is, is just going to be interesting. We'll see we'll see what team is there for Shelburne. You know, I am not aware if wages have been paid or not. We'll see, you know, over just the next couple keep of weeks. Waiting and hoping, I suppose. Waiting and hoping. Yeah. That's all you're doing as a Limerick fan at the moment. You're turning on up the games and seeing who's there. I think that's what's going to happen. It's obviously usually frustrating for Tommy Barrett as well, you know, you've Doing a phenomenal job in my eyes of getting that team into a playoff position where they are in fourth place at the moment. Must look over at Shells and the squad they have 
of basically a Premier Division squad, a fairly fairly good Premier Division squad, and him scrimping and scraping to put a team together. Yeah. There's been several times this season that Limerick have only had four, three or four subs due to injuries and suspensions. You know, I, I, I can't, I say it every week, I can't commend Tommy highly, high, any higher than I already have. He's done a phenomenal job. But where's the end of the game? We all know the reality is that if players aren't paid, they'll leave. You know, that they're contractually able to do that. Yeah. There's talk of strike action, threats of strike action. They've served notice, so that can be done. If they haven't been paid, there's still no talk of of new investment. The rumours of Sean Connor have and led leading an investment group. There's been no progress on that. So so where do you go? You turn up to the markets field on Friday night, hoping for a performance as a fan and then Hoping for a game. Hoping for a game. Yeah. I think you'll get a game, all right, yeah. but it's just it's, it's for Limerick fans, which there are a hardcore group that goes every every week and go to the away games again. It must be very, very difficult. So for us as journalists, it bothers me and Limerick FC. I want Limerick FC to do well. Yeah. We all do. Anyone in the city, we all want to do the, the, the positive side of Limerick FC, but it has to be balanced by all the negativity around the club, which is what has to be reported. You know, it's it's sad Tommy Vart's calling for positivity around the club, but that's very difficult at the moment. Yeah, it is. When you see your best yeah. player leaving, and arguably their best player this season, their most potent striker with six yeah, leagues. I'd say league between goals. himself and Robbie Williams as the best player. The best so two far. players yeah. this season. And look, no, you could go through the whole team. Jack ah, Brady as well, yeah. you could. Yeah. But Conor Ellis has stepped it up, as you say, and he's, he's going to be snapped up by, by a club. There, there's It's merry-go-round season in League of Ireland football yeah. around this time, around the break, and haven't seen it yet but usually in the next few days you'll see players going here there and everywhere so we'll see what happens at Limerick going into Friday's game it's even as much as Tommy wants there to be positivity with Conor Ellis leaving there's going to be negativity surrounding that team on Friday and it'll be interesting to see how a how many people turn up because crowds have been dwindling Dwindling, with every home game despite the solid performances on the pitch and B, how many, if anyone else leaves within, what do we know, Wednesday afternoon and Friday, Friday morning, evening, you know. So, look, it, it's just it's it's just tough. It's been tough all season. The players have been doing very well. Tommy's been doing a superb job, but you're at you're at a constant threat of someone leaving. All we can do now is hope for a good performance on Friday. And John, thanks very much for joining us and enjoy the games over the weekend. I know you're going to be busy, very busy. Busy week, busy weekend. Best of luck, John. Cheers. Thanks, Cian. So all our sports content is brought to you in association with Sporting Limerick. We're online at sportinglimerick.com and limerickpost.ie. You can find more sports news, podcasts, videos, and much, much more. And by following the hashtag SportLK across all social media channels. I got it right for once. John, (laughs) thanks very much. No problem, Cian. So I'm joined in studio now by our entertainment guru, Eric Fitzgerald. Eric, how are you? Good now, Cian. It's been a while, Keen. You've been away and you've been wandering around the place. Have you, got the you've sunshine. been a busy man this week as well. How are you getting on? Uh, pretty good now. Pretty good, yeah. I think we're fully recovered now from the uh, heavy metal fest <laughs> in the, the castle. I think it was, uh, was a, b- a big moment for Limerick you to get the that gig? into town. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I thought the 
pyrotechnics, uh, the show that Amon and Mark put on. I thought it was absolutely brilliant altogether. I thought everyone uh, really were up for it. There was a lovely crowd at it. There was a great atmosphere at it. And people he, from all over Ireland, I All over Ireland yeah. and beyond. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the heavy metal buses that were coming down from Dublin were full house, you know. And <laughs> nice uh, yeah, it was great fun. At the, there was just a real party occasion. I think a lot of people appreciated all that hard work to yeah. get the gig there in the first place. And, uh, you know, and I think we, we, um, we did ourselves proud by uh, taking one of Ken Coleman's many brilliant photographs. And, and sticking it on page one so and it was also it shared by the guitarist on Instagram yep on his own Instagram <laughs> yeah. over in Poland he was as happy about it as everyone else and uh, yeah it was just a fun a fun week and I think probably something that was a bit of a risk for all involved yeah. and uh, it, it paid off everyone had a great some night. of my friends who came up from Waterford said it was nice for once not to have to go to Dublin to see a metal geek you know it, Exactly, and, yeah. and Limerick is somewhat of a—it's somewhat of, of of a metal capital at this stage within Ireland because yeah, I mean, I'd say Limerick and everything. Yeah. Limerick is so successful now that outside of Dublin, probably one of the strongest places to get regular metal gigs is in Limerick. So you know, this is the biggest thing they've ever done. Uh, hopefully there's more to come yeah, you know? especially with that backdrop yeah so uh, what's going on in the entertainment well, section now this from, week from, from heavy metal like uh, <laughs> to uh, yeah so a, 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 a strange opportunity uh, that I got to talk to uh, a man called Clive Jackson Clive Jackson to everybody else's doctor the doctor is famous for his part in Doctor and the Medics which is back in the 80s and uh, he's taking part in a festival called Forever Young so uh, just as a bit a, a bit of a half a chance, I just said uh, that I wouldn't mind talking to him. To him. The promoters actually came back uh, an hour later saying, he's on the phone, you have an hour now, cool. get get on with him. So I had a great chat with him. Um, and we and we were just talking about, like, obviously, from, from his point of view, from Doctor and the Medics, they were, I suppose, the classic one-hit wonder. So we got stuck into that story. And uh, the fact that he said, like, you know, after about six, seven years on the road, uh, like, Spirit in the Sky was a number one hit in the UK. You know, you think the, the world's your oyster after that. But even the follow up singles kind of just did only OK. And yeah. they put out uh, Waterloo by ABBA as a cover and that sort of did a minor hit. So he said they just couldn't buy a gig, you know. So <clears throat> they got the offer then to uh, get on the pub circuit. So he literally changed the, uh, the lineup. Some of the guys didn't want to stick with him. And for the last 25 years, they've been rocking it and they have, they play this kind of 80s kind of a tribute night. And now he's back into writing songs again. Cool. He's been he's taken part in a, in a, in a horror movie um, he's got a singles coming out. So he's kind of he's he stuck with it, basically, you know, he, and um, he's also um, a very good um, DJ. He's a good MC. And uh, this all leads to what is the uh, Forever Young Festival. Uh, which is happening in Parmestown House in Kildare, Friday, July 5th to Sunday, July 7th. I think so we spoke about this festival before, didn't we? It's a, yeah, he's a throwback. Yeah, and this is a total throwback festival, and he's the MC at it. He'd probably do a bit of DJing, and uh, the lineup is uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty phenomenal when you think about it. I mean, it, it it reads like some album, top of the pops album from years ago. You know, it's like you've got the Human League, Holly Johnson, Kim Wilde, Jimmy Somerville. Mark Almond, Soft Cell, Meteor, Ultravox, Topau, Big Country, and uh, there's also members of the Jam, Imagination, Toya, 
Hayes O'Connor and Katrina and the Waves. I mean, there's just loads. It goes on and on and on. And uh, so I, I know I've been talking to a few people locally, and there's, there's actually a, quite a crew heading off to it, you know. So yeah. it's, it's, it's I'd say it's a good festival. It sounds, it sounds like, like it's something completely yeah. different um, in, in, in that you'll know all the hits, you know. It's, and it's a slightly different format from maybe the festivals we're used to, the, the, the electric picnics and that, because basically the, the backing band pretty much remains the same during the day, and it's the, these acts come on, and then the backing band back what they do um, but it's it's um, it's it's set up for a fun festival and, and he was very um, he was very honest and very funny about his his own career you know so we we, we put all that together on a uh, page 112 of our massive uh, 120 page paper Huge. this week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with an industry feature in the middle of it I don't know how you're still awake Eric. we're <laughs> just keeping going now as best we can here but uh, yeah so that's it that's the Forever Young Festival and, 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 and the, the very gentlemanly Clive Jackson that, that um, oh. um, had a chat with us and uh, we did a bit of uh, your, your friend of mine Emma Langford as well some new music there she has brand mm. new music coming out and uh, the single is coming out and I suppose it's really just a it's, it's a kind of a lead it's a lead up to the, the Limerick Summer Music Festival uh, Ross Brine, uh February oh sorry uh, July 12th um, Friday July 12th so this is going to be the biggest gig she's done so far in Limerick yeah, so um, she's brought out this single uh, Goodbye Hawaii um, which has got uh, I people who've seen her live will, will know this one this they'll know this one this yeah. has been around a couple of years now I, I, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't on the debut album actually but um, she's been back in the studio with the production suite uh, Chris O'Brien and Graham Murphy and uh, you know they, they, they're, they're really working really well with her and and the band they seem to have kind of found a way of getting the best out of each other when when they're recording so it'd be exciting to see what the new album is like but yeah. uh, in the meantime goodbye hawaii gets its first proper official release and uh, i think she she was talking about being a kind of a bit of a classic 50s swing to it um and even though it kind of Sounds quite poppy, doesn't it? It's quite a nice summer song. We might yeah. play it later on. I, I think we'll probably have a copy of it there. Cool. And uh, but but yeah, the story behind it is then it's it's, it's the lyrics are talking about a relationship that's falling apart. So it's a nice there's a nice juxtaposition there. And uh, you know she's simply a class act at this stage. Yeah, you definitely. Know? She's worth watching anyway. She works hard at it. Very good live as well. Yeah, and yeah. totally. Like I mean, if you want to get what Emma Langford is doing, you know, buy the album now yeah. for sure. But see her live, there, yeah. you know. And she puts this. This is the song the goodbye, goodbye Hawaii. This is the one with as you say. The infamous trumpet solo now yeah, at this stage, you know. Trumpet. So yeah, loads of reasons uh, to keep an eye on that. Um, Shane Serrano has made her a video in the Nina Art Center for that particular song, uh, not released yet, coming out on July the sixth, which I think Ooh. is Friday. I think yeah, that's the day the single comes becomes available, you know. So. And uh, sticking with Limerick artists with performances, then Post Punk Podge had a big one. Our old pal Post Punk yeah. Podge uh, again, another guy just about probably. Going about going just about to play probably the biggest gig in the world really at yeah, this yeah. stage. <laughs> He's there. Like there's thousands of acts at this at Glastonbury this weekend. But there is Post Punk Podge and the Techno Hippies. He's right there in the middle of it, you know. And uh, yeah, he's playing a place called the Piano Bar Stage, which kind of reflects a lot of the Irish acts that play over there. And uh, I don't know, have you been to Glastonbury before? Never been there, no. Um, the only way I can describe it is it's like you know electric picnic multiplied by ten. It's <laughs> like you take a walk across it; it'll take you five or six hours to get across the place. There's thousands of acts playing. There's yeah. hundreds and hundreds of stages. There's so much going on. A big festival, and so it's just absolutely <laughs> massive, you know. And um, I know that um, maybe if you're uh, at home or you can set the record, it's something I love doing uh, this particular weekend when it happens. It doesn't happen every year, but the BBC 
They do some nice coverage of Amazing them. coverage yeah. for this. I mean, they have been doing... The standard they set for covering concerts was set when these when the BBC started covering this. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's no different this, this year, you know. So Friday, Saturday and Sunday from about lunchtime, there's coverage going on on the I BBC. Mean, the interviews there as well as the live performances. Loads of in between, yeah. in between act interviews. Um, and a lot of the acts that you're going to see, let's say, with perfect sound, perfect lighting, perfect um, filming is uh, Stormzy, Janelle Monáe, Georgia Smith, Sam Federer, uh, Tame Impala, The Killers, Kylie Minogue was turning up playing for the first time. She might nice be the heritage one. act yeah. at this stage, you know. And uh, The Cure, Chemical Brothers, Janet Jackson is there as well, and Vampire Weekend. A lot of these acts would actually fill an outdoor, like The Cure, for instance. They yeah. they, they had a, their own outdoor show in Ireland and sold out. So some of the acts you're getting here... Uh, a few of the names there is kind of like Forever Young, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, a few, there's a little crossover there, you know. It just goes to show the age of people who go to Glastonbury as yeah, well. Like, yeah. Because the age profile at Glastonbury is, is, you know, it is your 80 to 20, you know. And if you're lucky enough to get a ticket, you know, but there's people that just go there every year um, I was lucky enough to get there myself a couple of times in the in the 90s with Polydor and um, like the joke was that don't try and get anything done at the BBC that weekend the, <laughs> the entire BBC goes on holidays basically yeah. west to toward the <laughs> farm in Glastonbury and I think it's remained the same and they're saying that this year's coverage is bigger than ever again you Brilliant. know so um, definitely want to so. say yeah if, if, if you're if it's nice and sunny go out and set the record or if you just want to kick back and Get your Wellingtons on and pretend you're at a festival. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, all living. We room. have good weather here. We can organise something. Like <laughs> One that. or the other, you know. But so um, post punk podge might turn up. He might turn up somewhere on yeah. your screens. Who you knows? never know. <laughs> you never know, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of apart from that, we have just a kind of a couple of competitions running. So you can um, Daryl Hall and John Oates. You can win tickets for that. You can win tickets to see Tommy Tiernan live in the Marquee. So just keep rooting around the pages. You'll Hall find and some gig, won't it? I think that's going to be a really nice gig. You know, a bit of a surprise one. The Hall and Oates is also again at live at the marquee on uh, july 8th so yeah and um yeah so so like they those guys will put on a great show yeah. um and i think live at the marquee is a particular favorite gig of mine because that's it's just a short hop down to cork exactly um, yeah. and it's, it's it's the last year of it being at this particular venue so it'll be interesting to see what they do next year and see nice what one. they go with it so, and then uh, there's a website you were telling me about yep. earlier. So the website is uh, called uh, Play Irish. So I was chatting to uh, Sinead Troy. Uh, she uh, has been, uh, I suppose, um, singing the praises of the Irish music scene for years and years and runs the website Breaking Tunes, which is a portal for Irish music and Irish bands to kind of get from to get known to get known to promoters to get known to radio stations and also her uh, website Yangaroo Music is again I suppose it's it's like an iTunes for Irish musicians where they 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 upload their music in the hope that radio producers and the likes of yourself making podcasts will just skim through these songs and pick out stuff and make use of it. So <clears throat> again, this and on, on the side of Yangaroo Music, I suppose she's come up with this uh, digital radio station called uh, Play Irish Music. And uh, yeah, it's a fabulous station. It plays Irish music 24-7, simple as. And where can uh, people you, listen to that? So you can download the app off the Irish Radio Player app and you, you just choose play irish as one of those stations within yeah. it or you can just go to playirish.ie 
and you can just download it there or just listen away a stream it there so it's 100% digital um, there, are, there are no DJs on so it's, it's, it's banter free so it's just <laughs> music full on um, even in the few minutes I was uh, listening to when I was writing this up um, I, two Irish bands were playing uh, the, the very much up to date When Young there was a single from them played but also uh, a band called Woodstar Woodstar were around in the early 2000s and uh, any uh Blind Boy fans will know that Woodstar featured one of his brothers, his older brother, uh, on lead vocals. So, um, so it was nice to hear their song again uh, after so many years. I hadn't seen it, but yeah. So it's it's um, it's it's well curated. There's you know well chosen. So you're, you're going to hear music so from Hosier, Dermot Kennedy, but also like the Gloaming and Kojak. So it's it's, it's a real across the board. Uh, quality Irish music yeah. just got to show and a chance for people to find some new music as well you know Co- of course yeah. and get new music heard so yeah that's one worth checking out just check it out on the playirish.ie Brilliant. and uh, the, yeah put your headphones in and enjoy your day nice <laughs> and Eric you enjoy your weekend I, I indeed well yeah, yeah, looking forward to a little bit of sunshine yeah. and a little bit of Glastonbury coverage for sure Best look. cheers Eric thank you this week's podcast is brought to you by Foot Solutions with the Limerick Podiatry Centre on O'Connell Street Limerick open every Saturday I'm now joined by Rose Rush, who is usually our arts editor, and still is, but this week has put a lot of labour into the Midwest industry feature in this week's paper. Rose, how are you? Keen, thank you. Uh, there was a good team of us working on the supplement, which is a labour of love and adrenaline for us annually. My principal job at the Post is um, commercial features editor, and this is our biggest newspaper in the year, and this is... And that's down to our single biggest supplement in the year, which is Midwest Industry. Um, Listeners, note the tagline. It says a rich bounty of opportunity. And what has come across of me engaging with company after company, be they to do with aviation or to do with training or to do with leasing commercial space or to do with IT or robotics, um, this is most definitely a boom economy and recruitment, recruitment, recruitment and training, training, training opportunities come through time and time again. Can I itemize yeah, some of the companies who are open in their call out about looking to increase their of talent course, pool? Yeah. Okay. WP Engine, who are located centrally in Cecil Street, and they offer a fantastic company benefits package. Lovely office up there as well. Yes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And quite American in their style and outlook. They're very much into this sort of holistic workplace yeah. and identifying the human being and grooming the individual as well as the teamwork. Um, interesting. Atlantic Aviation Group, EI Electronics, who are Shannon's biggest employer. And I think they're going to get bigger again. Excellent. Kemp, located in Castle Troy. BD Research Innovation. All of them quite frank about if you have a career and a skill set that's of interest to us, please get in touch. And they opened their new research plant last year over in Castle Troy, wasn't it? Is yeah. that close to Roselawn House, is yep. it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very beautiful offices designed by Quinn Architects. Yep. It was, I must thank for the, the photograph included. Um, training is the other big angle that's coming through and I'm not talking about being trained within your company or your prospective company I'm talking about um, Lembrick and Clare Education Training Board they have two very very interesting concepts one is the enterprise engagement support which offers a lot of backup to SMEs 
and individuals who are interested in moving in that direction or progressing through it. Um, quite a good article came in from their Patrick Hogan this week uh, to do with that. It'll tell you more than the supplement. And also they have another arm called Skills to Advance. And that program key and that works with companies perhaps like our own Lermick Post or the sample study it took for the piece in the industry supplement is Home Instead Care Agency. Uh, working with carers there to progress them through units such as care for the elderly, um, lifting, uh, CPR, whatever they need. Mm -hmm. Just skills to advance can be modified to work with individual companies and literally pay for um, the furthering of our our own qualification standard to industry standard. Terrific programme. Uh, just going by what you said, Rose, it seems to be a very varied industry across the Midwest that you wouldn't really think of. Yeah, I'm well proud of Limerick and the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, my most interesting interview was probably with Enterprise Ireland and Jerry Maloney, their regional manager. Um, they, they, they invest enormously in the human being and in enterprise hubs and in helping us develop our export markets so that we're not uh, UK dependent. Excellent. Uh, All the time, his focus is on exploring opportunity and in having you as CEO or your workforce ginned up, trained up to always be able to follow the next line in development. Without a doubt, um, Brexit is no doubt the biggest challenge facing companies. He, on page 68 of the supplement, he goes through the various uh, support units um, that are available through Enterprise Ireland. Their investment in us is extraordinary. Um, something like 25 million between the years 2016 and 2018, wow. which is the last year for which they have full figures because they collect their figures each September. So 2019 obviously isn't available yet. And the 470 client companies in the Midwest alone. That's massive, and isn't it? It's massive. Yeah. And within within the companies, the spread of people affected or influenced by Enterprise Ireland's investment is 20,000 euro employees. Brilliant. Sorry, 20,000 human beings not euro <laughs> so um yeah so Excellent. the only way is up that's what i'm telling people brilliant yeah. and that feature the entire feature nearly 30 something pages is it rose uh, from the bottom of my heart i would like to thank our production department yeah. and our advertising department for working so beautifully in concert against short tight deadlines that's lovely and thank you rose for joining me in the studio to talk about it that feature is available from page 43 in this week's paper and online at limerickpost.ie Rose, go out and enjoy the weather for yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> Dream on, Kim. Thank you. So that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. I'd like to thank Head of News, Jerry Collison, journalist Bernie English, Megan Scully from the Limerick Post Show, Eric Fitzgerald, our entertainment's editor, and Rose Rush for joining me today. As always, you can keep up to date with all Limerick news on limerickpost.e or following the hashtag KeepingLimerickPost and across all social media channels. I'd like to thank our sponsors for this week's show, Foot Solutions, with the Limerick Podiatry Centre, 2 O'Connell Street, Limerick, open every Saturday. So for more news, sports, entertainments, pets news, home and living, arts, entertainments and much, much more, visit limerickpost.e or following the hashtag keeping limerick posted.